you know, once you cut out those animal products, you're not getting cholesterol. Our bodies make some cholesterol. And, and my son and I have bodies that over make cholesterol. So we're really careful um, with cholesterol and, and fats and that kind of thing. But the average person, once you cut out animal products and you're eating lots of plant proteins and plants all the way around, your body will slowly just get rid of that excess cholesterol. Your numbers will drop and you won't even notice. You know, we don't feel our cholesterol going up and we don't feel our cholesterol coming down. So it's really helpful to get your blood work done. This is the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast, and I'm your host, Maya Acosta. If you're willing to go with me, together we can discover how simple lifestyle choices can help improve our quality of life and increase our longevity in a good way. Let's get started. All right. Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Maya Acosta. Today, we're going to talk about 10 people who should go plant-based. And I'm going to say this uh, plant-based for 2024. As we're approaching the end of the year, you might be interested in putting a plan in place so that you can get started in 2024. So we have Rachel, who will be here to talk to us about those 10 people that should go plant-based. So Rachel J. Brown earned her plant-based nutrition certification and food and sustainability certification from the T. Colin Campbell Center for Nutrition Studies in eCornell. After being diagnosed with high cholesterol in her late 20s, she discovered the China study and and started exploring the science of nutrition. After she ate a whole food plant-based no oil uh, diet for 17 days, her cholesterol dropped 50 points. And that was the beginning of her family's journey from the standard American diet, which is also known as SAD, to a whole food plant-based no oil lifestyle. A licensed practitioner of massage and pain neutralization technique Rachel is also a certified yoga and Pilates instructor and is a spiritual director. She completed a 12-day McDougal program and has led corporate mindfulness seminars. She received her BA in geography from the University of Washington and has been an adjunct professor in nutrition and wellness. Rachel belongs to the University of Washington Alumni Association, the T. Colin Campbell Center for Nutrition studies whole communities program and eat for the earth as well as plant strong McDougal communities. And Rachel is happily married with two grown children. She lives in California where she can usually be found trail running, rock climbing, cycling, bike packing with her husband. And you can learn more about her at fourforkssakebook.com. Welcome, Rachel. Thanks so much for having me, Maya. It's great to be here. You know, I had a lot of fun with you when we were on Instagram Live recently. Uh, that was just a lot of fun learning your story uh, and then you giving us practical tips. And so, yeah, I love that you're on the podcast for individuals who love listening on this platform. Not everybody is Instagram friendly. <laughs> then yeah. Not everybody feels as comfortable. So um, yeah. tell us a little bit for people who might have not listened to our conversation on Instagram. Tell us a little bit about how you got started. We learned that you had high blood pressure or you had high cholesterol and you were able to resolve that by making a quick change in just 17 days. You saw an improvement. 
Yeah, you know, I'd always had high cholesterol ever since my early 20s. And um, that was kind of confusing to me because I was always active, high school athlete, uh, ran in college. But my dad always had high cholesterol. And ever since I could remember, he'd been on cholesterol medication. And he would have these weird things like, you know, he would lose his taste from a medication. I'd have to change to another medication. I just knew I never wanted to do that if I didn't have to. So, um, you know, the only thing doctors would tell me back you know, at that time was like cut out some or reduce your cheese and eggs. I didn't even say cut it out, but just eat less of those things. So I would do that for a while. And then my cholesterol would inevitably creep back up again. So um, it wasn't until uh, I was in my early 30s, I guess, my nephew was five years old and he was diagnosed with cancer. He um his mom was in nursing school at the time and they had their own small hobby farm. They grew all their own meat. They also had a huge veggie garden, but, um, but she was in school for nursing and she had a professor who said, have you looked at the role of nutrition in cancer? And they immediately, you know, changed their diet. She read the China study and watched Forks Over Knives. And she was like, you have to look at this. So I read the China study and I was immediately angry. <laughs> I just, I couldn't believe that this information was out there and nobody had ever told me. So um, that started a lot of research. We watched Forks Over Knives and um, we found Dr. McDougall's website and he had everything for free online. You know, you could try this at home for 10 days, print off the recipes, you know, eat whole food, plant-based, no oil and see what it did to your body. So like you said, I, I got my blood work done and then our whole family ate this way. And when I went back in, and I couldn't get back in until day 17. But I got my blood work taken. And when I went to see my doctor, he said, what did you do? Because your cholesterol dropped 50 points in 17 days. And I couldn't even do this with medication. So whatever you're doing, keep doing it, which I always say was really good news and also really bad news because we were like, oh boy, now we have to do this all the time. How are we going to do this with an eight and 10 year old? You know, we had 13 chickens at the time. Um, so it, it's been a journey. That was 13 years ago. Um, my kids are now 19 and 21 away at college, different states, and they choose to eat this way on their own because of how they feel. So um, it's been quite the journey, but a wonderful one. Yeah, it's incredible. And if you mind, if you don't mind me asking, how is your nephew? He's great. I always forget to add that he's, he's a happy uh, 19 year old now. So he is doing really well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So the lifestyle change, the diet actually helped to give him longer life and quality of life, I'm sure. It did. And actually, um, my father-in-law, I, I have to add this now too, because um, about a week before COVID hit, he was diagnosed with glioblastoma brain cancer. And um, they weren't able to remove it all because of where it was on his brain. But it's been over three years and he's just having to go back in for some chemo and radiation. But if you're familiar with glioblastoma, that you usually don't live you know, many months. And um, when he was diagnosed, they strictly changed their diet to whole food, plant-based, no oil. And he is a Montana cowboy who used to cut the fat off the steak to eat it. So this was a huge, huge change for them. But um, but he lost a lot of weight. He's um, been as healthy as he can be. And, uh, you know, reading the China study, when you learn about what feeds cancer cells, it really makes sense. So, um, and even though there was some cancer remaining that is now starting to grow again, um, you know, it, it wasn't proliferating like it usually would. So, 
Well, I'm fascinated by the fact that you could have this sort of influence in your family, like actually be able to share the knowledge that you have about nutrition with the family and the family kind of being very interested in jumping on board. Most of us don't are not as lucky as you already know that, you know, even in marriages or usually is the one person that chooses to adopt this lifestyle and the spouse that may not be as interested or the children are not interested. And so you have really developed a way of getting people to kind of adopt this way of living um, in a practical way. And so I first introduce us to how Four Forks Sake, your book, got started. How did that come about? Yeah, so I was doing other work up until COVID. Um, and then when I couldn't see, I was doing um, a pain neutralization technique, helping people with chronic pain. Um, it, it's a it's brain work, neurological work, really, um, as well as massage. And when I couldn't see any more clients because of the whole shutdown, um, that's when I went back and got my plant-based nutrition certificate. Uh, we'd been eating this way for 10 years, but I thought, you know, I would love to learn more science behind it. Um, so I did that. And um, and then COVID was still happening. So I did their food and sustainability certificate as well. And um, I like to say that my family was really tired of sitting around the dinner table hearing all the the evils of factory farming and all the information I was learning. And I was like, I want to do something with this. I just wasn't sure what, and I wasn't sure how to reach people the best. Um, but, you know, over the years, I would try and hand people the the China study. And oftentimes they would hand it back after a while and say, you know, I just, it's too much science. I can't, I don't have time to read that much. Or I would talk with young parents who said, you know, I don't really read books anymore. I just read blogs or I just listen to podcasts. Um, so I really set out, I thought, you know, maybe I can write a book that would be like the easy in for people. There's a lot of cookbooks out there. There's a lot of scientific books, but I was aiming to hit that, that, you know, kind of middle space where you could read it in four hours. You could read it on an airplane or listen to it. You know, it's a four hour audiobook um, with just enough information to provide the why. Why for our bodies? Why for the planet? Is this the best choice? And then an easy how, you know, in 10 days, how would I do this? Um, and, you know, just with some stories of how our family did it, the mistakes we made and things we learned from and um, and just all the tips that we've learned over the years. So, so that's um, that's what led me to write the book. That's what my aim was. And it came out last September. So it's been a year and it's been really fun hearing feedback from people who, you know, will say like, oh, I gave this to my kids because they wouldn't read any other books, you know, um, or, you know, di different people reaching a different audience than people who might not pick up the China study. I hope that everybody will read the China study eventually, but um, it, this might be an easier entry book for some people. That's an excellent point. I mean, the China study is, it can be overwhelming. Um, as a matter of fact, last night we were doing a webinar, a group of us leaders, pod leaders, and uh, we were just trying to recruit people who might be interested in stepping into that responsibility, into that role of leading others and supporting them, sort of like what you do, but in a larger, you know, kind of a lot of people come from it like a nonprofit approach, grassroots movement of working with our community. And so we were giving the steps of how you get started as a leader, um, how you provide resources. And it could just over, so it was a workshop we did last night. It can feel so overwhelming for people when they look at that list and say, where in the world do I start? Same way with just uh, adopting this way of eating as you're 
wanting to change from the fast food, the processed food, the convenience uh, of it all, the convenient foods, to suddenly you're spending more time in the kitchen, you're having to meal plan, you're having to do groceries on a regular basis, it can also feel overwhelming. So it sounds like for Fork's sake is uh, we, we discover our why and then the practical ways of getting it done without complicating things. And I love that you said that it's not a recipe book. I mean, there are plenty of those. If we want to find recipes, we can find them anywhere. You can Google them, but people get stuck in trying to follow a recipe, but never understanding the bigger picture of what it is that you're supposed to eat just in general. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I throw a few recipes in there, but I wanted to make it, like you said, simple for people to see, you know, a lot of the pushback I would get when I would say we eat this way, people would say, well, I don't have time or I don't live next to a whole foods. You know, they, there's these misconceptions, like it's going to be really hard to do. Um, and so I just wanted to make it easy for people to show people, you know, you can be a working parent, you can have kids, you can be a, you know, retired senior citizen, whatever, like you can make this happen and you'll save money. And in the end, you'll save time and you'll be saving your health and the planet. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to show people that it's maybe not as hard as they're thinking. And so many people think, you know, well, now people know the term whole food plant based many more people. But you know, if they picture a vegan, they think like, well, all I'm going to be eating is salad and carrot sticks or something, you know, so to tell people, no, you can eat lasagna, you can eat enchiladas, you can eat burgers, you know, um, you just will learn some tricks to make your favorites a little bit different. And it's not going to be that hard. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of why, why we want to get started in, in terms of eating whole foods, it's, it reminds me or takes me back to the topic that we'll be discussing today, because in some way it is discovering the why when we talk about 10 people that should go plant-based. And for us, it'll be 2024 as we're headed down, you know, at, towards the end of the year. People are, you know, they, they're going to come out of the festivities and you know what that's like, Rachel, so much temptation all around us during the holidays. <laughs> and then come January, people are going to want to pursue a healthier uh, lifestyle. I mean, that's usually the trend, right? Let's get, let's get started. And I'm going to diet is usually what uh, people have on their list. And then I'm going to hit the gym. And then, as you know, a lot of these approaches are not always sustainable, um, but let's talk, let's talk about who needs to adopt a plant-based diet in 2024. I have here, uh, something that you battled with and we already talked about, but people mm -hmm. that have high cholesterol. Yeah, it's, it's, those are the people who should jump on board right away because you're going to find all kinds of amazing, delicious foods, um, that are going to help your cholesterol lower. Um, you know, once you cut out those animal products, you're not getting cholesterol. Our bodies make some cholesterol. And, and my son and I have bodies that over make cholesterol. So we're really careful, um, with cholesterol and, and fats and that kind of thing. But the average person, once you cut out animal products and you're eating lots of plant proteins and plants all the way around, your body will slowly just get rid of that excess cholesterol. Your numbers will drop and you won't even notice, you know, we don't feel our cholesterol 
going up and we don't feel our cholesterol coming down. So it's really helpful to get your blood work done. And then, you know, January 1 or whatever you want to start this, you know, give yourself at least 10 days to two weeks and then get your blood drawn again. And you will be amazed, you know, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high sugars, um, you know, people who are dealing with diabetes. These are all things that can change really rapidly, so much so that I had to put a note in the beginning of my book saying, you know, check with your doctor before you do this. Because if you are on blood pressure medication or medication for diabetes, within two days, you might need to reduce your medication. So our bodies, when we give them what they need, heal so rapidly. It's really incredible. Okay, Rachel. So the first three things that you have on this uh, list in terms of the people that need to make a change include having number one, high cholesterol, number two, high blood pressure, and number three, elevated blood sugars. So first, if we can talk about how nutrition can help improve those numbers and what happens if people don't improve their diet? What are the risks that they're facing as a result of having these conditions? Yeah. So um, plants are amazing medicine. Um, uh, Hippocrates had it right. Um, just just let food be your medicine, really. Um, because just by eating a variety of whole foods, whole plant-based foods, cutting out the oil, your body will start to self-heal. So things like cholesterol, blood pressure, elevated blood sugars will come down naturally without needing to take medication. Sometimes people have to back down slowly on their medication. But, um, but you know, by doing that, by eating a variety of wonderful foods, and this is not, I, don't, I talk about this more as a lifestyle than a diet, because this is something you should continue the rest of your life, find a way to be able to do this long term. Um, but really in short amount of time, in a very short amount of time, changes can occur. So within 24 to 48 hours, it's really incredible. But the, um, the, the upside of doing this is there's no bad side effects, right? Your body will begin to get rid of the excess cholesterol. It will begin to lower the blood sugar and the blood pressure. And if you don't adopt this way of eating, you run risks of heart disease, of um, strokes, you know, the, this can be really scary stuff. Um, and uh, amputation, I mean, there's a whole host of things with um, elevated blood sugars, diabetes that we're seeing across the nation, right? So the thing with high blood pressure, high cholesterol, you don't always notice, you don't feel these things, um, which is why it's really important to get your blood draw before and after you give this a try, because you don't necessarily feel your your cholesterol or your blood sugar or your blood pressure lowering. I mean, blood pressure can be sometimes you get dizzy or something. But um, for the most part, these are things that if you've eaten the standard American diet your whole life, these things have crept up over time and you haven't probably noticed the changes. So um, by adopting this way of eating, I mean, in 10 days, you might need to be off your medication. You really do need to check with your medical provider because even in two days, you might need to lessen your medication. But many, many people have been able to get off their blood pressure medication, to stop taking cholesterol medication, to take much less or no diabetes medication. And that's really just by eating a variety of plant foods, not by adding any other medications. Right. So, you know, speaking of just blood sugar medication, uh, I, my mother recently, she doesn't live here, but she's visited us. And when she's here, we take her to the lab, my husband's clinic, and check um, her condition. She has advanced atherosclerosis, but she's had diabetes for many, many years. And unfortunately, I'm not there uh, 
you know, monitoring everything, but we quickly noticed that she was being over-medicated for diabetes. And sometimes patients don't even know these things. So until you ask the right questions, Rachel. So like, I remember one day my mom, I, I asked her, what medications are you on? And she showed me a host of different things. And she had two uh, an additional medication that her doctor gave her for her blood sugar. And I asked her, uh, so why is that? And how are you feeling? And she said, I don't know, but my sugar drops so much that I have to eat a candy because I get hypoglycemic. And I said, mother, you're being over-medicated. Like that, that doesn't no. even make sense. Are you listening? You know, you're taking the medication to... Uh, um, to normalize your blood sugar, but it drops. You're becoming hypoglycemic. Now you're eating candy to raise your sugar because you're, right. you're getting dizzy. So yeah. I asked her to look into that when she flew back home. And sure enough, they, uh, she went to a different doctor and the doctor said, yeah. you're being over medicated for, you know, for diabetes. So these are the improvements yeah. when you're talking about. You can see improvements in 24 hours in a couple of days. It is very true that if you if you start to eat more fiber, for example, your blood sugar will improve quickly. Yeah. And I love your point, too. It's not just younger people. I mean, Eric Adams, Mayor Eric Adams of uh, New York, talks about his mom who was in her 80s, who had been on medication for diabetes for, I think, over 20 years. And she changed how she was eating, was able to get off medication. I mean, that's a long time, right? But her body was still able to adapt by just making some simple changes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You have number four in terms of who should go plant-based in 2024. Anyone with cancer, tell us about that. Tell us in more detail how nutrition can help someone already living with cancer. Yeah, this comes straight from um, T. Colin Campbell's research on the biochemical side of cancer. You know, when he set out to do his work, um, he wasn't looking for the cure to cancer. He was looking to feed impoverished children and what food would be the best to help kids who were really hungry. Um, and he kind of stumbled upon this, um, this research that, you know, when they gave them a lot of animal protein, um, kids were having higher rates of cancer. He noticed that kids who were eating more rich diets and all of that um, were getting more cancer. And so he started doing um, some research on that and they would feed tumor cells uh, high animal protein and they would just watch the growth occur. And then they would lower the amount of animal protein they fed the cells and the cancer would slow down. So then they decided, well, why don't we try feeding it um, plant protein? You know, so they did it at the same rate and nothing grew. Uh, they could, you know, eight times, 10 times so much plant protein, but nothing ever stimulated growth in the, the cancer cells. So in every stage of cancer promotion, initiation, I mean, like whether um, we're all walking around probably with cancer cells in our body, that's something we don't like to talk about or think about, but it's whether we're feeding these cancer cells or not. So a lot of people really, I, I think if they've heard that sugar feeds cancer. And um, I would say sugar is not an excellent thing to add to your diet. But if you're eating a lot of fruit, that's a lot of natural sugar. It comes with fiber and vitamins and minerals, all these other things in it. But, um, but animal protein has been scientifically found to feed cancer cells. So eliminating that dairy immediately, um, casein is the, um, the, the element that feeds the cancer cells um, and eliminating meat, those will go a long way in helping protect you from um, growing cancer in your body or, or promoting cancer. 
Mm-hmm. I've seen the, and as you know, that there are people on the other side of this topic that believe that, well, you just touched on it, that sugars, and we're, when you refer to sugar, you're talking about that refined, added, processed sugar that is found in almost everything, like cereals and oatmeal and certain things that are processed, cookies, all of that. Um, what we're talking about it are having whole foods, and a lot of foods have natural sugars, but then there's the keto side, and I don't necessarily need to get uh, into detail about that, but there are the people that say that basically say you have to starve the cancer cells by not feeding them carbohydrates and sugar. And there's all that misconception, the myths that people believe that, you know, you're supposed to mainly just have meat. But we know you just touched on the science behind consuming red meat and dairy and what that does in terms of cancer promotion or cancer growth. Yeah, I think, you know, I I love Dr. McDougall's statement that people love to hear um, good news about their bad habits. I think uh, a lot of people eating keto don't want to hear that they can't have their meat and cheese um, or, you know, you can get some fast results with keto, right? You you can lose excess weight um, pretty rapidly, but your body is in a state of ketosis. Like that's not something that's sustainable. And uh, personally, anecdotally, knowing friends who have lost up to 50 pounds eating keto, they always gain it back because at some point they can't handle eating that way. Their body misses and craves complex carbohydrates, you know, grains, especially um, fruits, all those things that, and, and I would say that but those are things your body needs. You're having those cravings because those are things your body needs. So um, it's one of my favorite things about eating whole food plant-based is that you can eat as much as you want. You don't need to have a small serving. You know, you can have four servings of a minestrone soup, you know, or, um, you know, if you're making cornbread muffins to go with your soup with no oil. I mean, they're amazing. You can eat six of them if you want. You really can eat to satiety. And even in doing that, if your body has excess weight, it will shed it naturally. So um, you don't have to be hungry or starving to get rid of that excess weight. Um, that That is probably not helping you, especially if you are you know, dealing with high cholesterol, high blood pressure, or diabetes. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of excess weight... I did the reverse. I ended up gaining weight and I'll tell you why. And I, and I bring it back to processed foods all the time because of the marketing aspect that you see a package, it's labeled plant-based and you think, Oh, I can eat that. It's plant-based. And you're not thinking about all the other added ingredients and how heavily processed the food has been. So I went plant-based first. Initially, I was actually a raw foodist initially, and I was doing fine, but it was very hard to manage when you're traveling. So I started eating the convenient vegan foods. And that first year, I actually gained weight. Then I said to my husband, the more research I did, the more that I read, I think I'm doing this wrong. There, I'm not eating enough like greens and salads. You know, I started emphasizing what I felt was lacking in my diet. And I went ahead and changed things up and I improved how I was eating more whole plant-based foods. And then he followed along, but he was still portion controlling because that's just a habit he always had. And that first year, he was so thin. It's amazing. And the ladies out there probably hate that. You know, men are more likely to lose weight, period. They they just have a faster metabolism or uh, it's just easier for them. But yes, we laugh 
from time to time when we see photos of him, you know, of a few years ago when he went plant-based, very, very thin. And then he learned, oh, I can eat a lot more. But let's talk about what that looks like when you're trying to lose weight. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's been a big change. 13 years ago, there weren't all these, you know, plant-based or even vegan products in the grocery store. So um, it wasn't as easy to find a substitution, say, of a sausage or a cheese. Um, and you bring up a good point. Like these things are better for the planet, arguably, but often not better for our health, just because of all the things that are added to them. Oftentimes they have a lot of oils, you know, coconut oil, especially in the burgers or the meat products or even the cheeses, you know, or spread kind of things. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it does make more sense to, um, as much as you can not eat things out of a package. And, um, it's not, it's not hard once you figure out like, okay, we miss cheese, you know, so make some cashew cheese, or if you're trying to lose weight, you can make a great cheese out of oats um, with some cooked carrots and potatoes in mind. It's incredible. Make like a nacho cheese kind of spread. Um, so yeah, for people who are looking to, maybe like your husband, who are looking to gain some weight back, you can add in some more of those high caloric plant-based foods like avocados or nuts and seeds, um, even breads, you know, whole grain breads, uh, sourdough bread. Um, and conversely, if you're looking to shed some extra weight, then you don't have to reduce what you're eating, but maybe cut out for a time or lessen those high calorie foods, you know, olives, uh, avocados, um, nuts, seeds, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, and as much as possible, I would say, you know, for some people, it's a helpful transition to move from a regular burger to a plant-based burger, but um, that comes, you know, in a package already. But the sooner you can learn to make a black bean burger or a quinoa burger at home and freeze those and have those, you're going to save money, you're going to save time, actually, and um, it'll be much better on your health. Mm-hmm. And we know that there's there are so many advantages to losing weight. I mean, you overall, you feel better about yourself. I think ultimately, that's why people seek weight loss. And the side effects or the, the additional benefits are that you reduce your risk for everything, especially um, right now we're having this conversation in October. It's uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And we know, uh, Rachel, that that is one of the risk factors is not having um, a, a healthy weight. Uh, can, if you're, you know, on the heavier side, that can actually put you at risk, increase your risk for breast cancer. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's so interesting because in this country these days, I mean, it's like 75 percent of people are overweight or obese. So our um, our idea of what is healthy has skewed, has really changed, you know, over the last 20, 25 years. It's become more normal to be overweight. But um, science, all these things are telling us that that's actually not uh, not a healthy place to be because of your increased risk for so many diseases, cardiovascular diseases, um, you know, strokes, all of that, heart attacks, all of that. But um, yeah, risk for diabetes, you know, we're seeing children who are overweight having much younger incidences of diabetes. Um, but a lot of these kids are eating a lot of packaged junk food, not a lot of real food. So um, helping, yes, like you said, you know, you eat better, you feel better than you want to move more, um, you know, which are all healthy things. You eat better, you move more, you sleep better. You know, like you said, all these positive benefits come out of making just a change of what you eat. There's all these wonderful positive side effects. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Number six. This one is very important to me because I battled with acne my entire life, <laughs> it seems like. So number six in terms of who should go plant-based in 2024 is anyone battling with acne. And I say battling because that's what it feels like. I was the person that bought every product possible at the pharmacy to try to manage the acne that I was dealing with. Never ever did I realize nutrition had something to do with it. And I will say that I I stopped eating red meat and pork, and that includes like a lot of dishes, you know, in college. Mm. But I did not stop eating the processed foods, the fried foods. Um, I wasn't a big fan of dairy, but even though I wasn't eating those products, I was still not eating the healthiest foods. And as a result, not only did I have menstrual cramps, which I now learned that also that could be uh, reduced uh, with healthy foods, but also the acne. And and today I already know what can cause a breakout, which is oily foods, most likely um, chips. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so I actually like I can't have French fries there. Everyone, you know, is impacted differently by the foods that they eat. But I already know what foods I definitely cannot have in my diet or I will have acne. Yeah, it's so true. And I would say it's not that you can't have French fries because you can have air fried French fries without oil, you know, Um, or people say like, oh, I have a chip addiction. Well, you can still have chips. Just take corn tortillas and cut them and put them in the oven there. You'll still get that crunchy, you know, you can put some lime and seasoning on there. And, you know, once your taste buds adapt, which our taste buds change every two weeks, so it doesn't take long, um, you'll be really satisfied with these, you know, foods that you used to like. They're just slightly different and way more healthy. So yeah, acne is one of those things that is a surprising one for people, along with um, body odor. You know, when you stop eating animal products, most people don't need deodorant anymore. Like your body doesn't smell. Um, So these are some of the amazing side benefits um, of giving up animal products and oil. And yes, specifically for most people, like if you give up dairy and you're still dealing with acne, then... um, oil is usually the next culprit. But even if you've given up those two things, um, you know, sometimes teenagers will still be getting acne and nut butters sometimes. I mean, those have a lot of natural oils in them. So if for a time you get rid of nut butters, that was something my kids both experienced. You know, they were eating a lot of nut butters, um, in their early teenage years and just cutting those out for a bit uh, really helped their acne go away. In fact, they had friends who would ask them all the time because all their friends were dealing with acne and going, what do you do? What's your routine? What's the magic thing that you do? And it was like, well, it's what I'm eating. And you think about it, you know, acne is just a good um, outside picture of, of what's going in in our bodies, right? Like our body's trying to get rid of this excess oil and it's doing everything it can to do that. So um yeah, it's a it's a really wonderful side effect of uh, eating plants. What do you think about the powders like the peanut butter, like PB2? I think it's called the peanut butter powder that you can add to your smoothie. Yeah. So in general, I say I don't love I, I don't suggest processed foods. We try not to eat ultra processed foods. And 
technically that would be an ultra processed food, right? Because it's been nuts that have been chemically altered really to take, to be defatted. But that is one product that we use often because especially my kids loved peanut butter um, and they were used to eating peanut butter. And that PB2 is so wonderful. You just, it's a, it's literally peanut powder and you add some water and stir it up and you've got a creamy peanut butter. So we would use it also in like tossing into smoothies. It's an excellent source of protein. If kids always, you know, my son was in sports and all his friends would be doing protein powders and all this just really horrible stuff. Um, but instead you could just toss some PB powder in with your kale and blueberry smoothie and you're probably getting more protein, uh, way healthier protein um, and a lot of vitamins and nutrients and fiber um, way better. So yeah, yeah, that's a great, um, a great product. You can also find almond butter powder, the same kind of thing. Um, really great stuff. Oh. I didn't know about that. Okay. So the other day I, I told you that we were recently, uh, camping and we were sitting by the campfire and I started to crave, you know, I didn't bring any junk food. So I was craving like popcorn or something. And, uh, and I, but I remember that I had some pomegranates that I could peel. Not the easiest thing to do when you're camping and wanting <laughs> to relax. But I said, I quickly got up and I said, I'm going to peel some pomegranates because the seeds are going to be like, um, I, I don't know if I said like, chips or it'll be and my husband was like what like what are you talking about and I say the crunchiness the satisfaction the burst when you bite into the seeds is so awesome and so I came back with pomegranate seeds some slices of apple some slices of oranges to have by the campfire and it was so wonderful the experience of having because it's sometimes the textures Right. Are like what get our yes. mind thinking that we're having something else. Uh, the crunching is like a, like a carrot or the broccoli, the raw broccoli. All of those foods are so satisfying when you're craving something. So true. And I, I'm also um, a, a recovering chip addict. So that's, that's my uh, downfall. <laughs> I, I just love salty, crunchy. So um, I'm totally with you on this. We make tostadas in the microwave just with corn tortillas. You microwave them, flip them over, and then they're crunchy, you know, corn tostadas. Um, we do the same in the oven to make chips. Um but yeah, things like Mary's Gone Crackers, they don't have oil in them. They're um, seeds and uh, good for you stuff. But yeah, all veggies, you're right. You can get that same kind of um, texture and crunch bite with carrots or celery or um, cucumbers or zucchini in, you know, long pieces, um, jicama. There are all kinds of things that can provide, just like you said, that satisfying crunch that you're looking for that are actually really healthy and, and that you will learn to enjoy um, as much as what you used to enjoy or what you think you're missing. Yes, yes. All right. Uh, I have uh, three more, four more items to go through here in terms of who needs to go plant-based next year, 2024. But one that is really important, number seven, is just anyone that's looking to save money on groceries. And as you know, Rachel, the prices of groceries have gone up significantly since the pandemic. How can we save uh, money by going plant-based? Well, first of all, I tell people, you know, you don't have to live near Whole Foods. You don't have to have a specialty grocery store. You're going to be able to get everything you need from a normal grocery store. 
In fact, I love Jeff Novick's work. Like you could eat this way if you only had a dollar store near you. So if you're living in a food desert, it's actually possible to go to the dollar store and they always have rice. They always have beans or lentils. They have canned vegetables or frozen vegetables and fruit. And you could do this, you know, just from a dollar store. So, um, but some other tips, you know, when you don't go to the regular um, or shop the SAD diet, standard American diet, you know, when you take things like meat and cheese and sour cream and milk and ice cream and uh, olive oil, all those olive oils or different oils. And when you take all those things out of your cart, those are the most expensive things that are in your grocery cart. So once you remove all of those things, you are going to have all this space left in your cart and you can fill it to the brim with grains, beans, fresh veggies, frozen veggies, fresh fruit, frozen fruit, even things like nuts, like cashews or macadamia nuts. And you're going to be shocked when you go through the checkout line to see how inexpensive all of this food is. So, um, you know, you can do things like shop bulk. So if you have a bulk section, it can be really helpful to uh, get things that you're going to use normally in bulk, whether that's um, whole grains or dried beans, if you want to do that. But you can also use canned beans or frozen vegetables. You know, sometimes those are actually even better for you than buying fresh because they've been flash frozen, um, picked at the peak of ripeness. Um, so there's no shame in using canned or frozen vegetables. Um, but, you know, add a variety of things. You can try all kinds of new fruits, new vegetables that you've never tried before because you're going to come out ahead when you're not buying all those meat and dairy and cheese and ice cream and oil and all that other stuff. I was, you know, when you're talking about your pods, you know, if you have someone near you or a group of friends who are wanting to do this too, you can do things like my sister-in-law, um, her son was the one who got cancer initially that got us on this journey. They would order from Azure. Um, you can order a big, huge bag of rice and divide it between you and you can get, you know, really large bulk items and save a whole lot of money. So you could go to a Costco or whatever um, with a group of people and divide up the cost and it'll, it'll be even more fun because you can share recipes and ways you're using these products, uh, but you'll save money as well. Yeah, that's a great idea. I know someone else in the Dallas area that does a get together every, I don't know, quarterly or so, and she does a jar swap where you, it's usually about 10 people. They each pick an ingredient and they prepare 10 jars of that ingredient. So if you're in charge of broccoli, you will, you know, cut the broccoli and jar them just as is, you're not processing or anything like that. And you take your 10 jars to this gathering and there'll be an introduction of another topic or something that they'll talk about another tip, but then you switch jars. So you take home 10 jars with 10 different ingredients that you did not have to prep yourself. You only were in charge of one. I think it's a nice way to bring community together and also just fun. So now you're set for the week so that you can use these ingredients on tacos, in a soup, however you want, in a Buddha bowl, whatever that might be. So I think that's fine. And then we were talking about marinara sauce and how, you know, that's one thing we really love here. And I'm learning different ways of making either marinara from canned uh, low sodium or no sodium um, whole tomatoes that I already have, or buying a le- least expensive, something that is not as pricey, basic marinara sauce, and then coming home and adding spices and the flavors that I enjoy. So it's just doing that extra, that little extra step will save you a lot of money. 
It's so true. And, you know, it's it's really fun because anybody, you know, if somebody loves to cook, they can go wild with recipe ideas and all kinds of different um, different things to make in this way. But if you're somebody who is really busy or you have lots of kids and you're working full time, you can do this and keep it really simple too. So I love that you can go, you know, any direction with it. You know, I, I was soaking beans in the beginning and I was like, this is taking too much time. I didn't have an Instapot yet. And um, so I was like guiltily buying cans of beans at Costco. And then I remember a podcast <laughs> um, with somebody and they were like, there's no shame. I think it was Dr. Gregor actually to like, just use canned if that's you know, it's better than buying other junk. So I gave myself permission for a season like, you know what, it's easy to pull out a can of veggies or beans. That's just fine. Um, yeah, better than eating other junk. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to combine these two because they are about our health. So number eight, anyone wanting to boost their immune system? And number nine, anyone looking to reduce inflammation? And I feel like they, they go hand in hand. If you're battling with inflammation, you're actually, uh, your immune system is a little bit weak. But maybe you can talk to us about that, like how plants, plant-based foods can support both. Yeah, you know, especially with COVID, right? This really highlighted um, wanting, we all want better immune systems, right? We want to, we want our bodies to be able to fight off things that come. And, you know, there's certain things that we can avoid or try to avoid. But like when we were talking about cancer, you know, there are toxins in our environments that we can't always control. Um, so doing what we can to control what we can for our bodies can be really helpful. Um yeah, you, there's a lot of studies out there of just your body is better able to fight off infection and um, and disease when it's getting everything it needs. So when you're eating whole food, plant-based, no oil, you're giving your body all the vitamins, all the nutrients, all the fiber, um, antioxidants, things that are um, working against inflammation in your body that can help your body heal. Um you know, there's some fascinating research around all this. And we know now that a lot of um, autoimmune diseases are, um, many of them have their roots in inflammation. So uh, the more we can do to reduce inflammation in our body, um, the better we are. So, and it's not even like you have to learn all about this. You know, you don't have to learn what's acid causing or what's alkaline. I mean, mainly animal products are acid causing and, and vegetables are alkaline, but you, all you need to remember is to eat whole food, plant-based foods. So, you know, the more greens you can add, the more berries, um, the more fruits and vegetables that you can add, the better off your body is going to be. Yes. And sometimes people don't understand that they're even battling with inflammation like rheumatoid arthritis. They they don't they haven't made that connection. Like, what does inflammation look like in my body? Um, which I think is always nice to make a list of what you're battling with now. What are those things that are, um, you know, that those ailments that are making your life uncomfortable? And then you, you'll see improvements. Like I said, for me, it was the acne or it was getting bloated a little bit when I had milk in my coffee. I had no idea. I thought that was just a normal thing that people went through. Like wait, some of these things are so normalized, like constipation. You just think that's the way life is. You had no idea that you're supposed to go more often than you do. So uh, it's it's interesting. We almost need like a checklist of like, am I dealing with like when you go to the doctor's office, do you have this? Do you have this? Check check off the list and then compare it a month later, or two, uh, two months later and see how your health is improving. 
It's so true. I mean, we've just gotten used to these ailments that we didn't really even know were ailments. You know, we think maybe, oh, it's older age or whatever, but it's so wonderful working with people. And, you know, it's like two weeks in, they're like, I have more energy now than I had in my 20s, you know, or I'm sleeping so good. You know, I didn't realize how horribly I was sleeping, but now I sleep so good. Um, Yeah, just all these these side effects, these positive side effects um, that can really just be life-changing, you know, having more energy, feeling good, not dealing with acne, losing excess weight, you know, I mean, all these things are just really wonderful side effects of eating this way. Absolutely. And then finally, as we're dealing with climate change, and there are so many people that are concerned about our planet and our reefs and the animals and the trees and the forests. I mean, just so much. Um, and yet, many people are actually not aware of how, uh, you know, the standard American diet and just eating the meat consumption is in part what's contributing to climate change. Some people deny that. They're not interested in caring or hearing more about that. But just if we can talk about number 10, is just anyone who uh, cares about the health of our planet, how can our change, our individual change of going whole food plant-based help the planet? Yeah, you know, um, there's a lot of misinformation out there, right? So um, one of the big pieces is um, that just came out of, um, and it's escaping me right now, um, COP, is it the COP? meeting this year, but um, that the number one thing we can do to reduce greenhouse gases in the planet is um, stop eating meat. So, um, you know, there are a lot of reasons for this, why animal factory farming is so um, causing such degradation to the climate, but um, it's, uh, it's the number one thing we can do. So if you're somebody who's concerned about the planet, usually people are like, well, I'm trying to drive my car less, you know, I'm taking shorter showers, I'm doing all these things, but um, those are great. But to make the biggest impact you can, the number one thing you can do is change what you put on your plate, change what you're buying at the store. Um, so those are, those are the biggest pieces. Um, and if you can start there, you'll have a big impact. Uh, yeah, I mean, from everything, greenhouse gases, water use for animals in family factory farming. Um, and then there's a whole host of other things like, you know, hormones and steroids that are also being used in factory farming that are not good for us, not good for the environment, washing downstream, killing oceans, dead zones in the ocean are occurring now because of the sludge, the waste and all the byproducts. Um, so I just was talking with somebody yesterday, some of the misinformation, you know, she said, oh, well, I don't do almond milk because I know that's really bad for the planet. And I was like, actually, you know, yes, almonds take up some water, but you know how much water? Not that much compared to a pound of beef. And I have that statistic in my book because that's a very common misconception that, you know, oh, I shouldn't eat almonds because they use all this water. Well, when you compare that to the amount of water that's used for raising factory farm animals, um, it's hardly anything. So, um, you know, if, if you can eat you know, beans, grains, uh, fruits and vegetables, nuts, you're helping save the environment um, just by not giving your money to industries that are cutting down forests, that are monocropping areas that are just really horrible for the environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw a lot of that in my re- recent trip, which I would say it was about five hours from where we live here in, in Dallas, so north, northwest of us. 
miles and miles and miles, acres of land dedicated to cattle, just uh, for them to have um, to graze, to, you know, as they're being sort of manufactured in many ways to to become, you know, meat product. Uh, it's amazing to me just when you see, it's heartbreaking, as you know, uh, when you're an ethical vegan, it's very difficult to already see that these animals have a destiny, right, to land on someone's plate. And then you see the amount of space that they take up, the land that could be used to grow something else. And also, like you said, the amount of water. And then there's always a concern about soy. People are afraid of soy. And then, but we know that a lot of that GMO soy, isn't it fed in many ways to some of this cattle? Yeah, that. And um, I mean, I was shocked to learn that the most antibiotics in our country don't go to people. They go to factory farmed animals because they get so sick when they're living in confinement. Um, So yeah, you know, um, yeah. And soy on that note is actually protected. There's all this, you know, stuff people say, well, I can't, I don't want to feed soy to my boys or, um, you know, I've had breast cancer, so I don't eat soy, but actually the latest research is that soy is protective, especially in reproductive cancers. So, um, for women and men, um, and it's not going to turn, you know, your young boys into young women. Um, it doesn't have that effect. It's a different kind of estrogen. So, um, and you look at places for who for centuries, you know, um, China, Japan, who eat a lot of tofu and soy products. And they're some of the healthiest people. Um, when, you know, you look at their native diets, like what they ate a long time ago, not now when there's McDonald's and other things, but um, with the blue zones, many people are familiar with that now hearing um, about Dan Buettner's work. There's a you know special on Netflix, but um, some of the people who live the longest uh, centen- centenarians um, over a hundred years eat a lot of soy. Um, that's their primary source really of protein. So, um, but yes, for, um, for cows, you know, it, corn, soy, um, those are, those are what they use to, yeah, primarily feed them along with a bunch of other stuff we don't want, we wouldn't want to eat ourselves. So we don't need the, that middle man. We can get rid of the cow in the middle. We can just eat what comes out of the ground ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> right. It sounds like many people can benefit from going whole food plant-based. And, uh, and we know that, like I said, when, when you're starting something new, you sort of need to put a plan in place. You don't have to make it difficult. You just have to get started, but have a plan so that it's sustainable or so that you're adding more plants, uh, in your diet instead of just going cold turkey and <laughs> not eating anything else. What else, um, what else would you like to tell us in terms of, uh, what you're working on and how people can learn more from the work that you do? Yeah, well, I let people know always that my book, I, I donate 50% of the proceeds from the um, sale of the book to charity, and 1% goes to 1% for the planet. So it really is my effort at giving back to the world. I mean, this way of eating this lifestyle has changed our lives. And, um, and so many people we know. And so um, this really was my attempt to give back. Um, so um, I also do consulting. So if people are new to this way of eating or they've done it for a while and they're looking for some, you know, tips of, you know, maybe now they have kids, um, or a spouse that's like questioning it or how to talk to relatives or whatever, or they've fallen off the wagon and they want to get back on. You know, I love working with people who say, Oh, I tried that, but it doesn't work for me. Uh, because there's usually a few pieces that we can change because this really does work for almost everybody. Um, so it's, it's fantastic 
fantastic to see the changes. I mean, it's such a joy for me to um, talk with people who I'm, I'm speaking, at, doing speaking engagements and all of that. And I, I hear weekly from people who heard me a year ago and made some changes and are now off medication or have lost weight. And it's just such a joy to be a part of people's transformation that way. So um, yeah, my website's for forksakebook.com. You can um, order the book there, order the book anywhere you get books. There's an audiobook as well. If you like to listen to books while you take your walk or ride your bike or whatever, um, you can sign up for consulting. And um, yeah, I'm available to speak. I speak at schools or rotary clubs or senior centers all, all over the place. I'm headed back to the T. Colin Campbell Center for Nutrition Studies uh, Wellness Retreat next week in Rochester. Um, I'll be speaking with the Esselstyn Family Foundation soon. So um, yeah, it's really a joy to talk with people like you who are out there sharing the good news, spreading the good news about what eating plant-based can do for you. No, this has been awesome. I also enjoy, you know, having people like yourself who are very resourceful uh, for my, for my, I was going to say patients, but <laughs> for my <laughs> listeners who can benefit. So we're going to definitely make sure that we have all your links available so that people can check you out and, and listen to the book because it's great. And I love this list of, I mean, this is a great way to motivate people to get started next year. Almost anyone. I mean, and if you're not dealing with any health issues, this is a great way to reduce your risk for developing complications later on so that really uh, overall you're just improving your quality of life. So thank you so much, Rachel, for spending time with us today. Yeah, thank you, Maya. It's been my pleasure. You've been listening to the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions podcast with your host, Maya Acosta. If you've enjoyed this content, please share with one friend who can benefit you can also leave us a five-star review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash HLS. This helps us to spread our message. As always, thank you for being a listener.